0: the My Lover podcast. Are you still with me?
1: I am, Roscoe. I'm coming to you live and kicking from the City of Churches in Adelaide once again.
0: Once again, once again, another truly state-by-state podcast delivery. And it was good to see on the stats rocket that uh, we're trending trending in uh, South Australia. A few downloads. It's not our biggest state. But uh, the people of South Australia must be picking up on the vibe that uh, you're putting out over there because there's been a few downloads in the last few weeks of the, uh, of the My Love of Golf podcast over there. Victoria, certainly by far the biggest state, would love to see a few more downloads in my old home state of New South Wales. So might need to try and find some New South, more New South Wales oriented content, Rocket. But it's good to have you back. We've had a bit of a break for the last uh, couple of weeks. Um, so it's good to have you back. And a little bit's been happening, so we should quickly talk about what has happened, a couple of significant events, and one in particular for Australian women's golf. So so why don't we lead off with that one as the the lead entry item. It's a couple of weeks past, but uh, how do you reflect on the win of Hannah Green for the third major, women's major for Australian lady golfer? What do you think about that one, mate?
1: Well, it was a really good result for, I guess, Australia and also Hannah Green. But it was obviously the last time we had a podcast. It was the event that I said everyone should be watching, being played at Hazeltine, And you know, there's plenty of people that you know, they question about why it was being played there because there's plenty of other great courses in the in the in the state of many lakes.
0: And, and just a reminder that a former Ryder Cup venue, correct?
1: Oh, it's hosted. I think it's one of the few venues that's hosted every major event from US Amateur, US Women's Amateur, US Open, US Women's Open, US PGA, now Women's PGA, and Ryder Cup. Yeah. And walk. I think it's even done a Walker Cup.
0: Pretty much got it covered, as you said. So Hannah Green. Yeah,
1: pretty much. Well, what can you – really, what, what can I say? She's come out of the gate, so she's – everyone that doesn't know, she's a 22-year-old from Perth. Uh, she hasn't been pro very long. She has been in and around about. You know, she's not lighting it up. She has not been lighting it up on the tour over there in the US. She's been there about. you a few miscuts here and there, a few finishes. I don't think she'd even had a top, anything inside top 15 as a finish um, in her pro career over in the US. She comes out of the gate at team and leading by a couple after the first rounds, and was never headed off to the end. So unique in terms of, one, it's a massive win and the pressure that goes with that. But for someone that's not won on the pro circuit, I think she's won, she won one or two times on the Symmetra tour, which is like the secondary tour over in the US for the women. Um, but this is her first, you know, on the, on the big stage win and it's a major and she's led wire to wire. It's, it's just a, an amazing effort. And, it, you know, even though we're, we're a week past that, you know, that event, I still don't think, you know, we talked about this before, you know, I don't think it's been highlighted just how amazing it is, um, how important it is for golf, especially in Australia, and also then highlighting, you know, one of the you know, legends of our game, Ben Carey Webb, and how she's been instrumental in the foreground and the background of, you know, inspiring a lot of other female, you know, young girls to be picking up the game. And you know, Hannah Green is one of those who you know came to the game late. When she like she was, a, she found out she's really enjoyed this game, and her dad is a is a big part of that. But I think it was around about the age of eighteen, she was. Um, she was awarded a Kari Webb scholarship. So there's a part of that. that you know, there's all little things that um, that comes with that comes with that for over a 12 month period. But one of those things is, you know, the recipients, you know, get all expenses paid to go over and spend time with Kari um, during a major. So living in the same house, going to the events, inside the roads. So she was a recipient of that about four years ago, and that just you know, it's just, you know one of her interviews, she said, you know, that was when she first saw that. She goes, yeah, this is exactly what I want to do. So you think about that. She's got her idol. She's been a recipient of the scholarship from her idol. She spent a week with one of her idols, and then anyone that's ever seen has seen the footage of of Hannah holding the pot, which was in a pot. was a pressure pot downhill, five feet, looked like it was three feet, but it was five feet, and percentages of holding those is quite low, and on the other side, you know, across the green, you could see all the Aussie girls, even a couple of the other, you know, more recent uh, Curryweb Scholarship um, holders, and so you think, you've got a 22-year-old, there's she's holding out to win her first major event, and her first major history for Australia and one of the first people spraying her with beer, I'm sure it was beer or soda, whatever it was in the cans and it's actually Curry Webb and then she's, one you know, so you've got your idol there spraying you with alcohol or whatever it was and then also they're hugging you on the the green celebrating your success and you've spent the whole week in the house with in, in a house with a lot of the Aussie girls and your idol, like for me is a oh, I think about it as it a parent if I was you know I've actually watched that a couple of times and it it actually does pull on the little heartstrings of something where you think about it uh, someone's you know got a lifelong dream and they've got and they're looking up to their idol and and their idol is actually there and 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 celebrating with them and it's I don't think that can be understated. One, Hannah's success, what it means for Australian golf, and does she inspire another generation of other, you know, girls? But, you know, if you want to talk about, you know, Curry Webb in terms of her status as a legend, she doesn't, she doesn't give a lot of interviews. Um, she's not the, you know, she's not being entertaining or a big sense of humour is probably not her natural forte. You know, she spent a lot of her career you know, wearing shades during you know her dominant run and her going head to head with probably one of the arguably the greatest female golfers of all time, Annika Sorenstam, which was akin to being Tiger. And Karrie Webb was was winning and beating Annika during that time, so that cannot be understated. And you think about the contribution she's making to golf and the, and the money that she's investing in these girls and the time that she's investing in these girls, and you, you see the fruits of your labour. Like if you're Karry Webb, like this would be probably one of the most proudest moments in in your career, and probably is a defining moment in your career in terms of what you've the game has meant for you, but also what you've given back. You're actually seeing the actual fruits of that labour and that effort and that time right in front of you, and you know that might just validate what she's doing and may inspire her to just go that little bit extra again. Or can she find other people to help come on the same journey and go that little bit extra again? You know, so I, I was I was probably more, in a way, I was really proud for Hannah, but in the same respect, I'm probably more proud and for you know what Harry Webb might be feeling in that moment because you know that would mean that would mean the world to someone like her in terms of what she's she's done and just seeing seeing her impact on the game um yeah it's just amazing and I've, I've watched the last nine holes of of um Darton and, and Hannah green in terms of she had all she she stared down a former world number one um she had the defending champion hot on her heels she had Jessica quarter thinking at her heels I oh, know so much Jessica the young, the younger sister Nellie we'll talk about Nellie as well she, she fixes a short game. She could be a world beater. And, she, and and she still, even when she was struggling, she just still found a way and she she just got the job done. She just got the job done. It was just, you know, it was gritty on a really tough course, hitting some clutch drives on some really tough holes that did tear a few, a, a few holes in a few players' rounds. So... I know I've talked a lot about Kari and stuff like that, but it's, you can't, you can't understate what it means. And and I think, you know, likes of Golf Australia and other media and, and, and the like really need to make a bit more of a big deal about this because, you know, it's an amazing effort. You know, as you said at the start, it's third woman. Australian woman to win a major. The only other two of them, Kari Webb, she won seven. Jan Stevenson, who's won two. You know, we've had a lot of close calls, but, you know, we haven't had success on the big stage like this. There's a lot of being real good players like Rachel Hetherington and, and the like, but, you know, to win a major, and maybe, maybe, but at the same time, it's Hannah's 22. You know, do you want to settle it with expectation, when she's just out of the box in one big event, I don't
0: know. It's a bit of a catch twenty-two, really. Well, mate, you know, I very nice uh, summation of the importance of that win and the importance of Kari Webb and her contribution. And as you say, I'm not going to go over what you've um, presented there about Kari. But you know, I've only had the privilege of spending time with Kari once. And it was about five years ago, and you know she's a fairly quietly spoken, humble person, and she would be, you know, feeling a great sense of achievement and and pride about uh, you know Hannah Green's win. But she'd be very, she'd be just rap for Hannah, and I, and I, I, don't know, I don't think she she does it for. The personal recognition, you know, she does it, as you no. said, suggest. she does it for the, the good of the game. And the point for me that stuck out with two, you know, fine ambassadors for Australian golf on display, one being Kari and the second being our latest major champion in Hannah. and this was reported on a number of podcasts that I've heard since because it's been a week or so, the lack of coverage. You know, that, that just lack of coverage that uh, – such a significant sporting moment for our game had had received. And and the comparison, and we and we congratulated and, and rightly so mentioned Ash Barty after her um, win in the French Open and, and then subsequent to that, her rise to number one in the world, which is just mind-blowing. And compare and contrast the amount of coverage that, that that's received. And we've just had a, a young girl win a major and – it barely made made any any airwaves outside of the golf media, and I guess you know it just proves that we've got some got some work to do. And part of the reason why we do this, you know, it's we're all in it together. But um, you know, I guess we can move on from from Hannah Green. Just on on that, it's it was a really great win. That that last bunker shot, and then the putt was just with a young lady in the scorer's hut. Just waiting to, you know, get back out there and go to a playoff. Uh, it was it was quality stuff. And
1: do, do, do you know, the do you know, I think the shot that really was the defining moment. So, you know, she she'd been battling away, and then she'd. Um, I remember where she dropped a shot, and the defending champion was sort of coming on 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 quite strong, but. 16th hole there at Hazel is quite difficult. You know, wind's coming from one direction. You've got you know, the rough's quite thick there. You know, it's very easy to lose your tee shot and she was in a spot where she just um she could have played it safe and just um you know, it would have left us off a quite a longer shot and really was just trying to make par. Hmm. But she pulled out the driver. She smoked one down there and then had a really good angle into the green and hit this just cracking. I think of like, she had 130-odd yards or something left, 120, 130 yards. So she's sitting like pitching wedge 99 in there into a pin that was cut on the right-hand side. So it's trouble left. I know, trouble right. And she's just taken it just right over the stick, hit it close, and then just hit this great putt to at least make a birdie, give herself a little bit of breathing space with a couple of holes to play, knowing that, you know, what the players were doing ahead of her. So it's just really gutsy to just for her to back herself and really just strike that tee shot on 16 um, because that that, that hole could have. It could, have, could, have, could un- have destroyed everything. Could have unraveled
0: it. So, mate, yeah. Hannah Green, well done. Now, there was another event that weekend, which was the Travellers, and I'm going to – uh, we're 25 minutes in here, and I'm conscious of uh, filling up the time with the other stuff that we want to co- talk about. But the Travellers, your boy Chaz reevey was the winner and, and well spotted because uh, he got the win on the back of his great performance in the U.S. Open, which yeah. you – we're on record for commenting about that, and uh, not the longest hitter in the field. But how many nope. how many years since uh, Chaz has been on tour and to get his win? So
1: the last time he won on tour
0: was eleven years ago. Eleven years ago. So Chaz Reavy, yep. as I'm not going to say forecast by you, Rocket Man, but uh, you did go the crow on the on the Chaz Reavy, and he backed up the next weekend to get the W. So well done, Chaz. Yep. Now, um, last weekend's event.
1: The Rocket Mortgage.
0: Great work on hosting hosting that tournament too, by the way. Um, how was that for? You? <laughs> the,
1: the, what, what's so really, what, what was it really called? Good week, the Rocket Mortgage Classic. The Rocket. The first time, yeah, it's the first tour event that's been in Detroit, actually in in actual Detroit, Michigan for – I don't think they've even had one and they played it at uh, Detroit Country Club it's a bit of a Donald Ross classic it's, they've had a bit of restoration work done there so it's a bit of a classic course and of course the, um, um, the uh, I'm just going to call them the sticky date puddings it's basically that's what the course ended up being like after it was set up by the PGA Tour um, so you know they too conservative with the course and played like a bit of a dartboard but in the end I really didn't care because again another one of those awesome stories for a winner um, which is Mike Lashley so he's 34 his first pro win ever in any level I think he dominated in the Latin American tour a couple of years ago played his way up on the PGA Tour and uh, won by six. One in a canter.
0: 20, 20, how many, 20 what under? 25, 26 under?
1: Oh, it was like 20, 26 under or something like that. It was just ridiculous. So
0: what was Um, so significant about uh, his win, mate? What was, what was?
1: Well, first of all, so I knew a little bit of the Nate Lashley story from probably about 12 months ago. I think he was on, um, I can't remember what I was listening to when I was talking about him in terms of, um, guys that have been on tour and sort of giving it away and then sort of coming back. So when he was a junior at the University of Arizona, he was playing at a regional NCAA, NCAA event in Oregon. And he's originally from Nebraska. And his dad and his mom and his girlfriend actually flew out um, to see him play. So his dad actually is a pilot, said a lot plane and, so from Nebraska to Oregon, which is only a couple of state lines, they watched him play, um, and he still had a couple of—I think another couple of days—and they're flying back, and um, they um, i don't know the specifics of, of the accident, but their plane crashed, and um, the lives of his, both his parents and his girlfriend were lost in that in that plane accident. So he lost his essentially his whole life, um, you know, while he's still a junior at, at college, so he was 21 at the time. Uh, he turned pro a couple of years after that and he's been on tour, he's from 2005, there was another, I think um, guy who writes for PGA Tour, Sean Martin, had this up, so with, from 2005 to 2014 as a professional he made $0, $0 on any tour. $0.
0: That's going to make it hard.
1: Yeah, and then he, he quit and then he spent about two or three years <laughs> flipping houses um, and then uh, and then he's come back and um, worked his way through you know, all the low-level tours um. About 2016, he's on the Latin American tours, dominated through there. Made his way up onto the web. Um, barely scraped through to get his card in 2018. Barely held on to his card for, 20, for 2019, and then so he's been, you know, just toiling away. And then his status because of where he was on the on the FedEx Cup um, rankings that's another story, um, meant that for this event, he had to Monday qualify. So he went through the Monday qualifier, qualified, but he was an alternate. So he had to rely on someone like dropping out of the field for him to get in. So he's a Monday qualifier alternate and wins by six for his first ever tour win. After toiling away for the last nearly 15 years, as a struggling professional. So now he has a two-year tour exemption for the PGA Tour, so his tour card is he's set for the next two years. He now all of a sudden gets a, a start in the, in the Open Championship. He now gets a start in the US Open and the US Masters next year, and he gets a decent-sized check that he's never had before in his life. Um, what, a
0: great, just, what a great story.
1: Unbelievable story. And once the Monday qualifiers, the guy who finished been second, um, Doc Redman, so former US Amateur winner, he, he's a Monday qualifier as well. And he earned that, that second place meant he earned earn enough money to retain his – to give him his tour card for the rest of the year. So he's a inside the top 125 points. Beautiful. And so he's got a card for the rest of the year, just needs to have two more good finishes and to retain it for next year.
0: The third place uh, person stuck out for me too, been toiling away for a number of years, Rory Sabatini.
1: The the boy from Brontoslava.
0: Where's he from? He's from South Africa.
1: No, he gave up his citizenship. He's he's a Slovakian. He's on his golf bag. He's got the Slovakian flag and... Got it on his wood covers and everything. Oh, see so the boy from Bronte Slava.
0: So he can be an Olympian, is that right?
1: What was it? What was? Oh it? no, I think he was. Um, I think he just had issues with. um well, it might have been because his wife, obviously being Slovakian, and maybe you know the Slovakian you know tour, mm. you know golf association. Maybe they uh, cut a deal with him. You know, I don't but, know if he's played in the Olympics yet. I didn't even check that, but. You
0: know. Well, I didn't know the backstory Mate. about uh, about Rory Sabatini, but uh, I just know that he's been touring on the on the tour for a long time, and he's been around. And he, he's he's worn many he's had hats. Some
1: good finishes yeah. in twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah, he's had some good finishes.
0: I was going to say he's worn many hats. Worn many hats and worn many funny hats as well. He, what do used to wear? Like yeah. The cowboy hat type thing. Anyway, so um, what was the next tournament in Europe? So the uh, the uh, tournament in Andalusia at uh, Club Real Valdarama, where,
1: yes. where my man Jorge, Jorge,
0: Jorge, where my man Jorge Campillo finished a notable fifteenth. Just for those that you who follow hashtag Campillo Watch, but um, who picked up that one, mate?
1: Uh, guy from South Africa,
0: Ricky Besoydenhout. <laughs> That's not an, sorry. Excuse me. That wasn't attempted. His accent. That's just the way that I say that name. Um, the good part. Yeah, I'm going to give my guys at Callaway um, a bit of a wrap here because we've we've uh, missed Callaway for the last couple of episodes. When Callaway have a winner, this is Callaway guys in Australia. When they have a winner, which uh, Ricky Besidenhote was a Callaway player, staffer, they either go into the office or. Wherever they are, they go and have a little bit of a celebratory morning tea. So uh, today, I was the recipient of a celebratory Callaway morning tea to celebrate Ricky Besoydenhout's win, with a coffee, oh. and, coffee and some donuts provided by Big Marty from Callaway.
1: You're the man, Marty. So are they, were they epic flash donuts?
0: They weren't epic flash donuts, but they were very nice. I did break my. Sweet treat hiatus once again for the Callaway Tour winning morning tea. Anyway, that's a you know, sign.
1: I do have another batch of um, Mara Rockets um, shortbreads in the
0: cupboard. Well, they're waiting there for Mr. Cocking, so uh, we'll hopefully, hopefully, we'll be able to get him on, and uh, they don't get past their um, sell-by date. But. Uh, <laughs> But it was a um, tour.
1: Yeah, the, the other thing about the under love, whatever it is, under Andal- Lucia. Yeah, is uh, Min Lee finished teeth 23rd, earned enough money on the European tour to give himself exemptions for the rest of the year on the European tour. So he's not having to Monday qualify and things like that. So he's got conditional status on the tour. The rest of the year, so that'll give him a bit of breathing space. So, hopefully, he can perform well for the remainder of the year and retain his card um, for 2020 over in Europe. So, not bad for the young 20-year-old. That is 20 year old. How he he's 20? He's 20.
0: So, most of you who are golfers that are listening to this will know who Min Wu Lee is, but if, if you aren't an avid follower of the tour, um, you will know Minwoo's sister, Minji. Minji Lee. Minji Lee, who's absolute superstar of the game in her own right. Striper of the golf ball, she is. But if you want to see an excitement machine of a golfer, go and watch Minwoo Lee play. Have a look at a this. He's a this young kid, which is, you know, I don't know his personal stats, but he's he's not super tall, and he's not super ripped but what he is ripping is the golf ball and he oh my god does he's got not hold so much back
1: its speed it is ridiculous it, it's absolutely
0: sick to watch Ben Rule really hit, hit the ball and i was wrapped when i i was saw it coming through on the twitter i was i was on twitter and uh, uh, hazy from golf australia you know tweeted he's done it and uh, obviously knew what that meant and it's just amazing for him because you know earlier in the year it was pretty much Looking like after the start, it was a lay down, that he was just going to pick up this um, the amount of money he earned to stay on tour for the rest of the year. And then he had a little bit of a sketchy patch, and um, you know, it, I wouldn't say it was touch and go, but he had to perform. And obviously, you know, Valderrama once again, I've only ever played Valderrama on the big swing golf, um, full swing golf Sims, it's a tough course. You know, and the scoring reflected that. Um, so it's always played pretty tough, and the guys that I know that have um, played it in real life back that up. So good on you, Minwood. I
1: oh, here we go. I just looked. I was trying to find his death. He's six foot. Okay, and he weighs one hundred and sixty-five pounds. So that's
0: in the in the metric for the uh, those of us not. It'll
1: be, like, be seventy kilos.
0: And welcome back, but. To the people in uh, New York, we, we had a bit of a download spike in New York from a couple of episodes ago, Rocket, just sort of let you let you know that. Like 20, 20 or th- yeah, nearly 30 downloads overnight one night in uh, in New York. So if you were one of those people in New York listening to the Roscoe and Rocket uh, episode, thank you very much. Um, yes. So how many kilos is that for those of us listening? Uh, I think off side? the top of my head, that would
1: be about 70 kilos. So I think it's
0: two two point one kilo two point two five pounds. I think it is. Six foot and seventy kilos. That's not a lot of uh, lot. Of, not a lot of mass. No. But once again, I go back to my back to the point that I made. Go and watch Min Minwoo play, and you're going to have every opportunity to see him. And he's a genuine superstar in the making. He will he will win. Maybe not this year. Don't want to put the mods on him, but he will win somewhere around the world in the next period Well, of time, it's the it?
1: European tour thing, right? So this is back to that cutting his teeth, cutting his teeth yeah, in yeah, Europe. Yep, yep, yep. Um, he's going to learn a lot of travel, a lot of different conditions, a lot of different courses. Um, so, and it's not to say that the European tour is a lesser of the PGA tour because there's some legit, like, top players, but be able to go there and contend the depth is not the same as what it is on the PGA Tour, but but there's a whole raft of different conditions that you deal with over there, so building up confidence, building up profile and here's the thing, if he performs really well over there and he gets to a certain point in the world rankings um, and then gets conditional stuff over in the US he might better play his way onto the US Tour that way rather than having to go through the you know, toiling away in Latin America, web.com, and then trying to make your way onto the U.S. tour. So it, it might be a, a little bit longer, but it'll be a, an easier path, and he'll be a more rounded player for it. Because right. you, yeah, yeah. you think most of our more successful Australian golfers, that's uh, done it. Norman did it. Um, Grades did it. Um, you know, C- Craig Parry did it. Allenby did it. Um, Ogilvie did it my man Brooks did it even no he's not Australian we'll just give him a passport anyway oh, but you know it's it, it, it's a good proven Mate, uh, stomping ground or path
0: you've still got to golf your ball and you've still got to shoot a shoot a score and you've still got to win yeah and uh, yeah. you know that they're they're the, they're the ingredients that you need to win on any tour regardless of uh, where you're playing you've got to win you've got to have the mindset to win and uh, and you've still got to get it in the hole and put a score on the board so anyway Minwoo um, What's next So we've got uh, Another one of your Favourite uh, Named Tournaments This weekend Coming up In the States There's two tournaments Coming up Obviously uh, One of My favourites Coming up in Ireland But let's go to The States first what, what are you calling This one mate What's what's the name Of this tournament Well
1: This one's uh, Minnesota's Pulling out All the All the stops To get events Up there So uh, it's the first bga tour stop um, that's been played up there and i think it's going to be um, sort of more of a dedicated tour event rather than just one of the rotations as part of the you know the fedex cup garbage so this one's sponsored by 3m so 3m um, being a everyone knows who 3m is as as i call it the Post-it Notes Invitational, or maybe we could call it the Scotchgard Classic. So if it rains, maybe they can spray some Scotchgard on the greens and the fairways to keep the course nice and dry.
0: Rocket just rolling in with the comedic names for the tournaments. (laughs) Do you know the
1: best thing? What's What's um, that? What is that? One of the ambassadors for the 3M, and he's been talking about it for a few weeks, has been the fraudulent physicist, He's going up there and he's getting all excited to spend some time with the, the team up there at 3M, getting to learn about all the different science and things and how they're innovating and, and changing the world. So You'd
0: well, like to be a, a fly on the wall in that meeting.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, he's probably going to, you know, maybe we could get some post-its. I want
0: to do that he, you do,
1: know, Maybe they could give him, a you know, instead of his green reading book, he could bring out a little yellow sticky notes. The listener... And the... maybe he could... Um, you know, maybe leave some of those, or you know, put those around the course in case of you know, just to check out. You know, Bryson was here, or the you know, coalescence or co, co- version of um, the um, agronomy plus the altitude and the temperature off the lakes um, has affected the ball flight and the spin rate on this tee shot on the third hole by 3 degrees you know, maybe you could leave some notes around to help the other players in the field I, I don't know
0: the listeners haven't heard my my impressions or impersonations or my bad accents maybe a little bit but uh, imagine being a fly on the wall on that nerd convention in there at 3M you know with all the scientists and then as you you know colloquially name him the fake physicist. Imagine, imagine sitting Fraud there. He's <laughs>
1: a the fraudulent physicist.
0: Mr. DeChamber, would you, like, would you like to see a post-it note <laughs> special glue mix? Oh, dear. Sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah. I apologise. Maybe maybe he could spray some. Instead of spritzing his caddy, spritzing his golf board, someone could swap it for a bit of Scotch guard oh, and see if the ball gets quite slippery on the greens or something like that.
0: Rocket, it must be late because we're getting flippant. So... Uh, <laughs> so we we're going to we're going to Minnesota. Uh, field field wise there. Um, the Irish Open's got a fair fair field, so there's a few people that's well, thinking um, across for that, but who's, got, who's in um, this who's in this
1: Brooks. one? My man Brooks has rolled up there, although he came as a package deal. So uh, Chase kept his younger brothers in the field. So I reckon it was a bit of a Hey uh Brooksy, <laughs> would you mind coming up here? And I reckon his agent went, you can get him if Chase is playing. So that came as a, came as a package. That's mm-hmm. alright. Yep. Not well, quite the same as Mr. Love. So you got, uh, that's a feature group. So you got Kepka, Kevin Nah, and Patrick Reed. What else is playing? We've got, yeah, the fake physicist, mm-hmm. fraudulent physicist with, um, Charles Howe and Keegan Bradley. That's weird. Um, We've got Mickelson. Oh, Fireside with Mickelson this week it was spectacular. Tony Finau and um, <laughs> Nate Lashley. And then uh, another feature group is uh, uh, Oma Back Day and Adeki uh, with um, Casey Connors. Um, they've sort of been the feature groups. So it'll be interesting because there'll still be, I think, the 3M and the John Deere Classic leading up to the Open. I think. A uh, few top finishes for people So there's still some open spots um, uh, Up for grabs The same with What's going to be over at The Irish Open The Scottish Open So there's a few People playing those events um, Trying to get, uh, get a start
0: Anything significant uh, about this course? Open. Anything about significant architecturally f- About the course in Minnesota? No Okay Alright
1: Absolutely nothing Especially when you think of some of the courses With no, why, why, why wouldn't they play something like this at a classic course like um, Interlaken? Like yeah. it's a just a Donald Ross classic. Why, why not play something like there? Mm. Like, TPC Twin Cities. This one's called. Give me a break.
0: So you don't know you don't know too much about TPC Twin Cities.
1: No, nah, don't care. Okay. You could, do you know what? You could probably cover it in post-it notes, and I still wouldn't care.
0: All right, well, let's leave the uh, the Post-it Note Classic alone for a minute and we'll move to my marquee event for this weekend, the, D- 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 the DDF Irish Open. Now. DDF? Is that did not finish or
1: something?
0: No, no, it's, a, um, it's Dubai Duty Free. Not oh, that we're okay. giving a plug to Dubai Duty Free, but you know, when I do go to Dubai, I shop at Dubai Duty Free. And I will be there in September on my way to Scotland. But um, at Lahinch, now Rocket, I've got an admission. Mm-hmm. I've been unfaithful. <laughs> what, 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 what have you done? I've been unfaithful to you, sir. I've I've gone. I've well. I've, I I feel like I've gone behind your back for another layer of information about. La Hinch. Okay, yeah. I'll come clean. So Okay, come on. After we talk about the Dubai Duty Free Irish Open being held this weekend at La Hinch, which is in a beautiful part of the world, um, I'll tell the listeners now that this week we'll have a second podcast, another episode where I speak to my man Paddy Golf, young man by the name of Padre Lynch who is a Lahinch member who lives in County Clare, has caddied at La Hinch and plays at La Hinch and is one of the better golfers at La Hinch. So I spent an hour talking, such is my passion and love for Lynch Hinch, I spent an hour talking to Padre the other night. So when we download this one, we'll let everyone sort of dwell on that and then I'm going to upload my chat with Paddy uh, with, uh, Patty. Who this week is starting his own podcast? So, you know, it's a little bit of the podcast. Uh, you know, the independent podcast uh, producers um, sticking together. So that's going to come out. But I'm going to say now that Lahinch is probably my all-time favorite golf destination in the history of golf. It is a mystical place on the Emerald Isle. Um, it's one of those few golf courses where the golf course is in the town. So when I say golf course in the town, think about St Andrews and when you're playing the 18th and the 1st you know, and literally the main street is on your doorstep, think about North Berwick for those of you that have been to that part of the world in Scotland where the course is in the town. Well, the Hinch is like that. And Paddy tells a great story about the second green. I won't spoil it. It's it's, it's nothing funny but he tells a story about the second green and uh, which demonstrates the ability for the, for the caddies to nip into the town. But... Um, so I've done that, mate. So please, no disrespect to uh, to use my friend, but I just uh, I feel like I went behind your back.
1: Well, I'm I'm okay with it because okay. I know how much you love. Um, I know you've talked about Hinch. The only thing I I know about Hinch is the fact that it was laid out by old Tom Morris. Doctor McKinsey's done a bit of a, a bit of a tweet back in the day um so it must be just a just a good old classic type of course and if you are saying it's in the town i can already picture it finish 18 basically just grab your gear and almost like walk around the corner into some pub pretty much and have dinner
0: pretty much so padrig padrig um gives us a very good very brief but very concise history lesson on Lahinch. so yes you're right you know it was Tom Morris was brought across um, and there's a story behind that to then lay it out and then sometime later um, Dr. McKenzie came along and um, so he tells us all about that. But Hinch, County Clare is in the southern west coast of Ireland um, and in that part of the world, and we'll do a little bit of travel review now, you've know, you got La you've got, Hinch, you've got um, Donald Trump's Beg course 20 minutes down the road, uh, just across the Shannon, which is a body of water, which you can get across by ferry at, at Tarbet, the Tarbit ferry, if anyone wants to know about that. Um, you've got Ballybunion. a little bit further down the road, maybe 40 minutes down the road from Ballybunion, You've got Tralee, and then around the corner, Waterville, and now we're in County Kerry. And uh, then you can loop back around there to uh, Cork Golf Club, and then also down in County Cork, you've got Old Head. And just that little stretch
1: of, oh my goodness. of
0: golf is... Um, there's,
1: a, there's, a, there's a course I'd love to play. Old Head? Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, it looks pretty spectacular, doesn't it?
1: Oh, my goodness. It you you, just looks like one of those... You, just, you play there, you'd almost stay in that area for like a week and play it every day by the looks of it because you just want to experience the course in different conditions every day. They, they, say, they say, they say.
0: They say, for the listeners that don't know what Old Head, is, just Google Old Head, the the Old Head Golf Course in uh, County Cork, and you'll see that oh. it's on a that's that is on a raised headland. They sort of say when I read up about it that it's, you know, not the sort of typical Irish links course, but you know, it is a spectacular, you know, layout. So I sort of think Cape Kidnappers and that sort of vista and that's what you're playing on but any of those courses around there you know waterville is supposed to be unbelievable uh, i've played at tralee which was uh, it's an arnold palmer design so it's a newer course but um it's it's sensational um i stopped in at donald trump's dune beg and i had a coffee at, Doon, at donald trump's bar um it sort of polarizes people over there not the course, the course is unbelievable. Uh, I didn't play it, but i the person, so like it does in, in Scotland. Um, but the course looks sensational. And there's a bit of competition between Doombeg and Lahinch for sort of bragging rights, but I'm my feet are firmly in the La Hinch camp. So we couldn't get a lot of information about the field at um Lahinch this week, but all the big European guns are there and um, it's hosted by Paul McGinley. And I think uh, Paul, I'm not sure if Paul's an actual local, but I think he's from definitely that part of, of Ireland. And the thing that Lahinch is famous for in Ireland, Irish amateur golf, it's the host of what they call the South of, Ama- uh, the South of Ireland Amateur Tournament. And you know, so it's a, you know, the big, one of two big amateur tournaments over there, and it's been won by the likes of um, Padraig Harrington, Paul McGinley, uh, G I think Shane Lowry won there. So Oh
1: look I think I found a I found a tea time list. Oh there you go. Well done. Oh, you keep you keep talking, I'll keep scanning. Um, here we go. McDowell, Keimer and Olson, Fleetwood, Lowry, Knox, Danny Willett, Gandela Bayo, any Notables, Trevor Woman <laughs> got
0: Wade Ormsby, his brother was an amazing golfer. His older one. So, so my man, Pad, Pad. It's not Pad. It's not Padraig. It's Podrig. Podrig <laughs> uh, gave me a couple of tips. He reckons he would put his money on on uh, Danny Willett. He's he's there for Danny Willett. He's there for Martin Keimer. Uh, I can't remember who his sort of smoky was. Keimer started to find a little bit of yeah. form. Yeah, and that's that's what he was saying. Um, he sort of put Shane Lowry as an outsider. He's a bit concerned that uh, Shane might find himself in the main street a little bit too often, to, <laughs> and it may affect his performance because uh, Lahinch is that sort of town where you can get wrapped up in the uh, the nightlife and the bar life uh, in the traditional Irish pub. So he's worried about Shane um, having a bit of a good time, but uh, we'll see what happens on the on the results factor for him. Oh. Sorry, mate. Just yeah, hold on, hold the line there. You're back with me. I'm back with you. Yeah, sorry, just dropped out there. Um, what did
1: you say there? So, isn't our man Jamie going to be there?
0: Jamie Glazier is there. I, I've already seen uh, once again on uh, Podrig's um, Instagram feed that he. Snapped a bit of a story of uh, herbs and spices And Jamie and Dom, uh, Lucas's coach, were there And he didn't know that I knew Jamie But uh, I reached out to him and said oh, If you see that bloke in the black um, Tell him to hurry up and get back Because I want to get back to Wednesday golf But uh, yeah, so he, Jamie's over there
1: oh, I'm, f- I'm feeling good too, by the way oh, Excellent the staff, Ex- good. Excellent. Well,
0: you'll, well, We'll get that Wednesday morning wellness crew back uh, Up and running as soon as Glazier's is back hopefully from getting his boy, Lucas Herbert, who is having a bit of a tilt in uh, Ireland this week and then Scotland next week and then back for the Open in Northern Ireland. So um, once he gets back from that, we'll, we'll, uh, we're going to catch up with him. I think I reached out to him and said, mate, it's time to catch up. So on the podcast type scenario. So we're going to do that. Um, have you got anything more about the Irish Open? No, it just looks like a good feel. Mate. Good feel. Have a listen to Podrig's podcast uh, podcast when it when I put it out after our one comes out. Um, hopefully the audio is okay. So, you know, once again, he's in Ireland and I'm in Australia. So let's hope the audio is I think
1: okay. I'll, I think I'll be definitely watching this one, the beauty of um, UK time zone. It's a bit of, you know, of late-night TV, so you could probably squeeze in a few hours. Um,
0: Mate, I look forward to doing the re- – I look forward to reviewing this one because, once again, I could – I could wax on about this place and I sort of you know get uh, I can't I, I don't have enough adjectives to describe how wonderful it is and
1: well, I can't wait to see it on TV and see them playing it I'm looking at another group here There's some great groups where are we we've got um, Ram the Mattress King and Matt Wallace um, we've got oh that's that's that's, that, that's,
0: that's who Padraig's um, uh, other tip was the mattress king.
1: <laughs> What's it?
0: Yeah, Louis 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 boy Louis, 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 Louis the mattress
1: man. <laughs> and oh, we'll see. there's another group here that look like just a real cracker. Oh, you got your got Westy and, and Eddie Pepperell. Eddie Pepperell with his scathing burns on uh, on the couch. I'd love those. Those was just some crackers. Um. Here was the other one. There's another. There's another group here. I'm missing. Eduardo Romero is uh, is playing. So hopefully he's got. Uh, he's actually playing with Lucas. He's playing with Herbie. So Herbie better be on his game for uh, not playing too slow. Otherwise he could be exposed by the uh, by the Dodo. Um, oh, your man. Yes. Yes. Dodo
0: Molinari. You you and you know. BFFs. Yep. Okay.
1: Yep. Oh, and then Podrick's playing with Tyrell and um, and Actually, <laughs> I tell you what, I would love to be a fly on the fly in the bag of, the, of that group because those guys, uh, they're quite um, they're quite good at ripping each other. I think. So especially Tyrrell and Pults, they're quite funny. So with Podrick, that'll be just a, a ripping... That'll be a ripping group, actually. I'd love to be. I'd love to be following
0: that one. That'd be awesome. All right, just back to the course for a sec, and we'll we'll, we'll wrap it up. Um,
1: you, <laughs> you're, you're treating this course almost like I treat books.
0: <laughs> yeah. If you don't get to listen, and please do listen to Padraig and Ma's chat. But if you don't get to listen to it, have a look at the fourth hole, and have a look at the fifth hole. Fourth hole is a par five. Uh, I think they're playing it as a par four in the tournament. And um, someone's coming up behind me with a torch. Uh, playing it as a par five in the tournament. And uh, oh, one set. That's the security guard. Um, it's called the Klondike, and the Klondike is. It
1: <laughs> doesn't. Refer- <laughs> that sounds ominous.
0: Klondike with a K. The Klondike refers to um, the big hill and mound that sits right in the middle of the fairway. And I asked Padraig... I'm
1: looking at the photo now. Oh, my goodness.
0: I asked Padraig how high this was, and he said it's about a four-story high house, right right in the middle of the fairway. The, the, The fairway off the T is about... 15 feet wide, um, with no room, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that's played as a par four. I played it as a par five. and
1: uh, oh, I'm looking at an aerial. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Looks like one of those ones where your aiming spot is a white rock on the hill.
0: Well, there's a little guy in, in normal competition play, like members play, there's a little guy that sits in what I'd call a pillbox, you know, a little like a gunner's, a gunner's box up in the hill and waves a flag at you. Seriously, there's a dude up there that spends his whole day up there from the caddy team waving a flag at you to, to tell you that it's okay to hit because it's absolutely totally blind. Um, and then it runs down to the green, obviously, and the green is on one of the famous walls in golf, you know, the little stone wall, which is only about three feet high, and oh
1: so let me guess
0: she's OB over the fence it's OB over the fence it's hard to, it'd be hard to fly it over there because i don't think that's going to happen but um, the thing about the the fence that i love is it's just another one of those classic links fences that is the only thing that separates an amazing golf course and the outside world no tall you know barbed wire or you know edifices to you know inappropriate you know, landscape architecture surrounding the, the the golf course, just a little fence and a footpath, and people walking down it, pushing prams and riding bikes, and you know, saying "good day" to you as you as you play. You know, the t- number twelfth or thirteenth ranked uh, course in Great Britain and Ireland. It's absolutely beautiful. The next hole is called the Dell. So if you can see that, what you're looking at now, Rocket, the Dell is a par three. Now this four four story high. Dune that is the Klondike. Well, there's two dunes not too far from that, just to the left of it or right of it, depending on which way you're going. That are about the same height, and they're only 20 feet apart. In between those two dunes is a peanut-shaped green, which uh, lays oh, across goodness. the li- lays across the line of play. So put a pe- oh. put a peanut side on and that's the green, and it's totally blind. You cannot see, other than for a little sliver of the green on the right-hand side, which peeks out from behind this massive dune, oh. and you referred to the rock before. So that's what they do on that hole. They put the rock on top of the hill, which is the line of the pin. And you, it, I'm not doing it justice explaining it. Hopefully the TV oh, coverage.
1: Oh, like photos are just crazy.
0: If the European Tour have got more than three cameras out for this tournament, and they've not got a great reputation for having lots and lots of cameras, but I hope they have it on this hole, and they get you get the picture of the Dell. So think about a Dell. A Dell is like a you know a hollow in a, in the ground sort of thing. That's what this is. It's like Dell, and it's unbelievable. So you've got to see it just just for those two holes, and they're the two holes that are the least Touched um, by any of the designers that have had their sort of hands over it, so they're the two most likely original Tom Morris holes.
1: Like they so, just they just got out the Victor lawmar and just mowed it short. Yep.
0: So that's why that that those two holes are so significant. They're unbelievably quirky and uh, and they're the most um, closest references to Tom Morris golf that um, you know you can find. So mate, mm. that's it. Anything funny come across the airways for you? You mentioned uh, oh, Phil. Well, before we get to that, oh sorry, yes, yes.
1: you think about the the course that then is the week after. So at the Scottish, we've got the Renaissance Club, which is a, a Tom Doak special. So it's actually built between Muirfield and I like, it's
0: Prestwick. No, 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 Berwick. No, yes, oh. Berwick, North Berwick. Thank you very much.
1: Yes. Well, Sorry, we, I get them wrong.
0: Seeing, seeing you raise it, I'll once again turn this into a bit of a travel blog. The Renaissance Club, and we'll probably get the opportunity to talk about it, The Renaissance Club is in the midst of about 15 courses in this 15-mile radius. So basically, it's in East Lothian. You can Google um, Gulf East Lothian. You'll find all the courses there. Basically, when you drive into this area, you start with a course called Killspindi. Then next door to that is Craigie Law. Killspindi is an old links course on the water. Craigie Law is next door. Go around the corner, there's a course called Loughness. Um, Then you come across Gullen, number one, two, and three. Three courses Mm -hmm. all on the hill, home of the Scottish Open, home of uh, where um, young um, Cam John, fellow Peninsula member, won the British – stroke play at Gullen uh, in 2016 when he was just a young fella, beat all of the, all of the locals and that's one of the, the events that springboarded his amateur career into uh, before turning pro. Head down the road a little bit further and turn left off Gullen Main Street, so we're now in the town of Gullen and you have Muirfield, just over the hill from, from Gullen number one, two and three. Go around the corner from there, you've got Archerfield. Go around the corner from there, you've got the Renaissance Club, which is a little bit not that true links. It's a little bit Americanized because it is you know, a dope course, but it's by the by the, the coast there. Go around the corner from there. We get to North Berwick. There's two courses in North Berwick. Turn right down there, and then you've got Dunbar. Just inland, you've got other courses, uh, one of the fifth, 10th oldest courses in the world at Haddington. Um, unbelievable. So that's the Scottish Open. We'll talk about that. Well, there's uh, um, Tom
1: Actually, I was listening to a podcast um where tom doke actually talked about the renaissance club and the guys that asked him to build it spent four years convincing him to do it because he refused to do it because he goes there's mirrorfield there's there's berry yeah first week very north bearish i can't can't build anything here How can I build anything here with those two courses? Are you kidding me? You have to convince me to do something. He said, he's like, he goes, for years, he flatly refused to even consider taking on the project because I I can't build anything that would justify being put in between these two courses.
0: Well, I'm hoping to get a look at it when I go across there in September. One of the the guys I know is a member there and um – He's actually doing some commentary on the Scottish Open too. I've I led to believe he's one of the members there, and he's he's, he's got himself a little gig. Uh, I'm not exactly sure doing what, but he's got himself a gig on the commentary. So I'm hoping to get a game there. Um, now speaking of Doke, and I'll just digress for a minute. Last Thursday I had the opportunity to play down at St Andrews Beach. Now I don't know when you are last down there, but St Andrews Beach a is a
1: couple of years since I've been down
0: there. St Andrews Beach is uh one of Doak's finest pieces of work in the southern hemisphere. It is a great course. And if you're in Melbourne or are visiting Melbourne, it's a public course. doesn't cost a lot of money to play. It's in our June country down there. Head down there and play it. It's uh, fairly generous off the tee. Uh, its test is the approaches into the greens. The greens are small, a few upturned elephants buried under there and your second shots into those greens have to be absolutely precise. But you know, for midwinter golf, um, it's in perfect condition, and it's just unbelievable. So get down to St. Andrews Beach, uh, have lunch at the St. Andrews Beach Brewery, which is just near there, unbelievable. It's the old stables for uh, one of the racing trainers, Friedman, uh, and they've turned it into this big, beautiful brewery, and you can have Lunch. There's no facilities or very little facilities at St Andrews Beach, but just down the road, St Andrews, Beach, uh, St. Andrews Brewery. Um, so, anyway, that's my recent Doke experience because you you raised Doke. Um, anything else, mate? Phil? Phil Watch? We always like to finish with a bit of a Phil yeah, story.
1: Yeah, another, another beauty fireside with Phil. So, it was um, called It Something Like Between Two Candles. So, he actually got his mother to recount a Thanksgiving story um, about you know the family out refuses that anyone's allowed to do anything else on Thanksgiving Phil's um, I don't know the whole story I'm just going to recount it but everyone has to go watch the video recounts him going to the course on Thanksgiving he's only going to be there for a couple of hours he ended up being there the whole day she's really angry went down to the golf course to see where he was His other parts of the family and he's sort of done the old tip of the cap to the family as if like nothing happens and um, she was getting quite frustrated. And, and he just walked up to her and said, every day I don't practice, Mum, is a day uh, longer it takes me for greatness. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, oh, as a mother, how could you argue with that? So she let him off the hook. <laughs> 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 I love Phil. And Phil. He, talks about his, he talks about his bombs, his cards, and bringing his on Oh, so good. I love Phil.
0: Where can you find that again, mate?
1: It's just on Instagram. Okay. Just look up Phil Mickelson or hashtag Fireside with Phil. That's a P-H. It's just so good. It's so good. That uh, made my day
0: mate we've gone over time I think uh, I think we'll call it on that what do you reckon
1: yeah why not we've talked heaps
0: we have it's been good to catch up Um, looking forward to this weekend's golf looking forward to seeing you back out on the course until next we speak which will probably be next week Um, have a good one
1: thank you sir